Hi everyone, welcome to episode 26 of the Mental Health Podcast. I am so, so excited to talk to this guy. He's called Aaron and we went to acting school together in London probably about five or six years ago now. Um, We were there for a couple of years and oh my God, I just... It's... (laughs) I'm laughing about it. It was just the best time of my life. There was us three girls and three boys and we would call ourselves friends (laughs) from the TV show because it was just like that and we all had like similar personalities and I just have so much respect and love for everybody I went to acting school with and so we haven't really spoken in about five or six years since we left Um, which is really sad actually but you know, things happen and you move on with your life. But it was quite nice to be able to talk to Aaron and talk about our similarities in what we've been through. And if I'd have known that he was going through the exact same thing as me, and I'm sure this stands for him as well, we could have spoken to each other about it because we're going through the same thing, feeling those same experiences. So yeah, it was really, really nice catching up with him. And I hope you enjoy the conversation. Yet again, another man being so, so open about how he's felt like a failure at times and how you know, he got over his mental breakdown that he had. So yeah, I hope you, you enjoy it and take something from it. You were bullied when you were younger. Was that when you were at school? Yes. So it started, I think, as, oh, I want to say maybe primary school, uh, nursery, nursery primary, according to my mum, I can't really remember much from that age, but according to my mum, nursery was fine. And it's after that, because uh, I was a very naive nice kid apparently I was you know the little blonde hair blue eye big smile kid uh and I just wanted to make friends with everybody and make everybody laugh and unfortunately because the area that I was in at the time uh, and the school in it, it, it had some quite challenging students there and so I was a very easy target uh, and I think I just I got bullied through nearly all my school life uh including secondary school secondary school was a bit better but because of the confidence being smashed from previous years in school I think they didn't do me any favours and trying to get myself set up socially in circles yeah I mean I think people definitely I mean I was bullied when I was younger as well I think it's definitely underestimated isn't it like how much that can actually really affect you and like yeah. shape you as a person like when you grow up oh 100% I think during your, your, your childhood years your school school years that's the most important for you to be able to establish yourself socially uh, I think to be able to survive in, in, as adult, an adult, adult anyway, at least, you definitely have some level of social skills to be able to, you know, <laughs> make people like you and help you, you know, progress in places. So, yeah, 100% as a kid, if you don't have that standing, it's not going to stand in good stead for later years. And unfortunately, that's what happened to me. And I think that's what one of the beginning factors which led to my eventual breakdown and me being diagnosed with uh, anxiety-related depression. Mm. How old were you when um, you got diagnosed with that then? Oof, I got diagnosed, I think it was less than two years ago now, I, mean, I want to say one and a half years ago, I got diagnosed, it was quite late on, um, apparently a lot of telltale signs, my parents uh, saw it as I was a teenager, but didn't really want to draw attention to it, because I seemed to just kind of like bounce back and I was fine, and they were, they were kind of worried for that kind of life for me, uh, being diagnosed with anything or having to go through and deal with uh, depression but it was just a build-up it was a, a big catalyst and explosion when I was there I want to say 27 28 and everything that's happened to me all from my life just came to this point and I, I had a huge mental breakdown 
what happened i mean we we went to film film school together didn't we yes and i remember i had um a breakdown pretty much after like once i left there and had to go back home and that was just like just horrible like i've never really like experienced anything like that before like do you want to talk a bit about like what exactly is a mental breakdown like what did that mean for you what what happened yeah um so i it's so strange for me what it was i was at work i didn't particularly like the place i worked at the time it was um very kind of degrading i worked with um, helping people with it issues uh, but there were people in certain work for workplaces that I was helping that felt themselves above everybody else so it would you like absolute crap on the phone and make you feel so small so it was that the people I worked with absolutely fantastic, like a second family to me. So that was fine. But I just don't think I was happy where I was. Um, mm. And again, same with you, like coming back from um, acting school, like I was unable to afford to be able to stay there and I had to come back. And that was a big hit for me because I'd always wanted to be an actor when I was younger. And so I thought that was my one chance I had. And I came back with debt and I'd, I'd messed up my chances. And so I was just finding myself stuck in jobs that were just kind of like just working for the sake of work and getting money. And I just remember one day being on the phones and I finished a call and I got this overwhelming sadness just kind of wash over me. And it confused me and scared me because I, I didn't understand where it came from. It wasn't it wasn't a triggered thing. So I wasn't watching like a sad movie or someone said something hurtful to me. It was just an unexplainable deep sadness. And I broke down crying and I had to get myself excused and go out because I didn't understand what was going on and I was getting embarrassed about it and then yeah just after that point I felt very low that's my first one and I had one shortly after that uh, again and it was yeah it, it came very close to me wanting to end my own life kind of a thing because it was it's, it's such a, a serious sadness and depression that I've never felt before um and that's the best way to explain it yeah <laughs> yeah definitely I mean I can totally relate to that and it's definitely something that unless you've 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 gone through that you just don't you don't understand like what it's like do you no it's, it's very scary a very scary new thing and I think I think you're lucky if you've got people around there to kind of understand what's going on and help which I did my, my mum and dad thank goodness were very good about it as were my friends and they were able to stop me from doing anything stupid uh, thankfully but for me it was yeah it, it was terrifying I had no idea what was going on so how did you get yourself out of that then did you tell somebody and did you go to therapy or like how did you get yourself out of that place yeah so I was advised to uh well I was, I was taken to the doctors immediately because my mum was in, uh, incredibly worried about me she thought you know another turn like that and she could end up losing her son so she was she was adamant of getting me to hospital. So I went to the hospital and I was diagnosed with anxiety-related depression. Um, and, yeah, I, for a long time I was on antidepressant tablets. Yeah. And that wasn't really doing anything for me other than kind of making me feel kind of like grey and meh. So, I, yeah, I wasn't going through bouts of depression and sadness and I wasn't tipping over the edge or, or dipping hugely. But I also wasn't feeling any emotion towards anything mm. Uh, as well so I think I remember I said to my, my friend at the time we went to see Avengers Endgame and I'm quite an empathetic person and quite emotional so I, I'm not, I, won't, I won't be ashamed to admit it if I watch a sad film I love a film if it can provoke emotion and get me upset Yeah. and uh, there's a scene in that we won't say anything obviously spoilers reason but a scene in that that would have 
normally made me cry and I would have been happy for it because it's like, wow, it's what a scene, what a powerful scene, but I felt nothing. I just felt meh. And I thought that's not right. Something's wrong with that. So I did speak to a few people and I'm not going to therapy because even though I know it's not right to, I'm still, there's still a stigma in the back of my head just from how growing up it's like, I don't want to have to talk to somebody to sort my own problems out. I should be able to get on top of this myself. Otherwise I may just depend on people all the time. And I know it's not the right way to see it. And it's something I'm working on, but I just have this, I need to get myself straight kind of a mentality. Um, so I, I, I kept on taking my antidepressants and slowly weaned off them. But I also left my job, found a smaller job that I was happy to do and something else I was passionate about. Uh, and then I started doing other creative things. I realized I had a passion for writing, which I didn't know. So I started writing my own book. Um, and I'm just, yeah, I'm kind of taking my time with it and not, putting so much pressure on myself to know where I need to go right now. I think that's the biggest thing, the pressure of um, like, uh, what am I doing in my life? Where am I with my life? Where's that going to go? That's kind of waned a bit now. So I'm in a lot better place than I was. Um, Yeah, it's just a lot lot of time, a lot of talks to my family. I suppose my mum's kind of my therapist, if that counts. (laughs) I speak to her about everything. So she kind of sets me on the straight and narrow if I'm feeling a bit down. Yeah, and I mean, that's it's whatever works for you, isn't it? I mean, for me, therapy was, God, it's something that I had a similar experience in the sense of I was on medication for years and years. And then I had my little girl and I was still on the medication. And I thought I, I just was feeling like you. Just, I'm just going through life. Like, I'm not really feeling how I should be about certain things. And I mm-hmm. want to see if I can get off the medication. So I just like I went to therapy um, for that really. I couldn't afford it. My mum and dad paid for me because obviously it's quite expensive. Yeah. Um, and having that was just she just untangled this spider web of thoughts and feelings like in my in my head. And after seeing her for about six months, like I, I just felt like I could come off the medication because I felt like the tools she gave me would, would I wouldn't need the medication if you know what I mean. Like yeah. if I had a or I'd, I'd have those tools to be able to you know get myself out of it and stuff and I think sometimes you know therapy isn't just the answer and medication isn't just the answer sometimes you, you need both sometimes you don't need therapy yeah different for everyone isn't it I think that's what what's so difficult because you just don't know the advice to give to somebody because you know I could say to you no you know go to therapy but you might absolutely hate it and it's not going to help you it might make you feel worse yeah it's one of those things there's no unfortunate kind of like um one fix or one vaccine for all kind of a thing is like you say completely dependent on the person and what works for them so it's, it's why it's, it's quite difficult to to tackle but once you do uh it, yeah it's, it's it's great especially when you've got the help around you from friends yeah so do you feel that you know you just go through days of being depressed and then you're kind of out of that or are you like mainly okay now um i'd say i'm I feel mainly okay because it's not as bad as it, as it was. I'll still go from my days where I'll just I'll, I won't want to get out of bed. I'll feel negative about myself, but I just I kind of ride them out now. But I just, something in the back of my head, I was like, no, just this is just part of what it is. Just get through it. Get through the end of the day. Wake up, see how you feel, and usually the day after I'll be fine. Um, but yeah, it's not at all to the degree it was where I'd be waking up. I wouldn't want to get out of bed. I'd cry constantly, and I just mm. want to be like, I'm just tired of this. I just want to. Not so much a sense that I'm 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 sad in a sense, or I don't feel like I'm loved, and I want to 
and things. I just want to, it's, it's kind of a sense of it's got to be a lot more peaceful and less noisy in my head on the other side than it is here. Almost kind of like a taking a step back kind of a thing. So I yeah. get them, I don't get them anymore, <laughs> luckily. Yeah, that's, it's, it's not good, is it, when you get to that point? I'm, I remember feeling not too long ago, having like a few weeks where I would just get so annoyed about it. This is so weird. I don't know if you've ever felt this, but it's like I'd get so frustrated because I'd be about to go to bed and I just didn't want to go to bed because I knew that I'd just wake up the next day and I'd feel the exact same. Yeah. I'd just, why am I going to bed? Because I'm just going to wake up and it's going to be the same routine, same old shit. <laughs> bothered to do it anymore. Like that's how I would feel. And then obviously I've got over that and yeah I've definitely learned to ride the wave it's like okay I'm feeling sad I'm going to listen to it like a really sad playlist (laughs) (laughs) all right I'll just like I'll feel it and then let it all out and then I'll be fine in a few hours yeah you're like trying to hide that feeling or try not to feel it it's just going to come back times 10 isn't it like a few weeks later yeah this is it this that's what's helped me loads with just being able to um acknowledge it as and when it happens because the, the breakdown that I had and I kind of like put together put together afterwards but I realized it's a result of every time through my life from when I was a kid to then my adulthood when it happened of just putting a smile on my face and pushing it to the back of my head it was kind of like not acknowledging that that feeling was there and so what I was doing is I was just basically packing TNT at the back of my head <laughs> yeah. waiting for eventually something's gonna spark's gonna go and it's gonna blow up and that was what what did me in the worst I think yeah and I, it's definitely being that self self-aware of what you're feeling is something that I've really found that helps so oh I'm I'm feeling really anxious right now that's why I'm acting like this so right what can I do to stop me being anxious I can like I can meditate or I can just sit there and be quiet or I can talk to you know my fiance you know when you're aware of it you can do things to help aren't you whereas you know when you're first experiencing it you're like oh my god like why am I feeling this way and you start to just really get in your head whereas if you think right this is depression this is a really down day I'm on a low like this is what I've found that helps me I'll listen to this kind of music or I'll watch a funny tv show because that usually helps and yeah more aware and just listening to your feelings definitely helps i think doesn't it oh 100% yeah i think the best thing for people anyone who's, who's listening um paranoia is best friends with depression that's uh, one thing i realized it's it's that voice in the back of your head that says why should i feel like this loads of people have it worse than me or why go to the doctors what's the point they'll probably just tell you what you already know it's that little voice in your head that kind of makes you doubt yourself and stop you from taking any uh, proactive steps in helping yourself because, like I say, he's best friends with the depression and he wants to keep you in a place where you're going to still stay miserable. And so you kind of need to kind of ignore those little jabs, self-jabs from yourself, trying to stop you from doing things. And just, yeah, like you say, it's, it's a blessing being able to kind of acknowledge and see this, the, what you're doing and how that's part of your depression and being aware of it. Because uh, you can then take the steps to avoid it or make it better and just get through it to the next day. So, yeah, 100%. Do you feel like now that you've been, you know, diagnosed with anxiety and all that for a couple of years now, do you feel like as the days go on, you're more and more confident to talk about it and be more open about it? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have had this this talk um, a couple of months ago, a year ago. Maybe I, I, I was still very much embarrassed about it. 
Uh, again, saying I could cook my upbringing. I've been very much a person who's like, stand on your own two feet, deal with your own problems. Um, like It's not for other people to be burdened with kind of a thing. So I, I deal with my own stuff. And so when I had when I was diagnosed with depression, it's like I didn't want people to see me as somebody who's broken or somebody who who can't or needs pity or can't you know help themselves. So I was I was I was, I was very it was very taboo in my eyes and I was very against the type the kind of like title. I thought that's it now. I'm just in I'm in the faulty bin now with everybody yeah. else kind of a thing. And it's not the case yeah. at all. It's like it's it's it's. it's it happens to a lot more people than people realize. And if you're still here after having it happen to you, that, that if anything speaks numbers on your behalf, because it's not beating you. And that's the way you've got to see it. You've got to see in a positive light that you're still standing. You're still here because you're stronger than this. You just got to keep fighting that bit more and get on top of it. Yeah. And I definitely think like, especially like our generation, because when we were younger, we didn't have like social media or anything like that. Well, we, we had like Bebo and like MySpace. <laughs> oh, Bebo <laughs> repping back in the day. <laughs> the same as now. It's like, you know, you've got Instagram with people with like millions of followers and they just, they look happy and, you know, they've got everything they ever want. They're looking pretty all the time. And I suppose you get like that for men as well, like looking at successful men on there. And I think that plays such a big part in it because we just think nowadays that that's what our lives should be. Our lives should be Instagrammable. And like, I should be able to look a certain way. And why why do these people have this and I don't? I, I do think that that's really like harmed us in a way oh, yeah, 100%, like, i believe uh it, social media is a blessing and a curse initially the idea of it was was great yeah you keep in contact but i've deleted my facebook of recent i only keep my instagram to eventually to occasionally post up stuff uh, but i yeah. do uh and just stuff to try and you know help people or inspire people kind of thing if i can do but i think it's knowledge is great I, i'm always a person who's kind of like trying to seek knowledge and and kind of like question everything and just trying to find an understanding like i love all the kind of like out there philosophical stuff conspiracy stuff like that and so i, I first went i first for having sensible debate or discussion with people to be able to get an idea what their viewpoint on the world is and how that matches with mine and but when you come to social media there's so many toxic vile people out there you, you open yourself up to be able to, rather than just like chat to people like you knew around you in your neighbourhood, as we would have done when we were kids, it's now like you, you're accessible to the whole world. Everybody can share an opinion on you or fight back at you and, and be nasty. And I think it takes out of you. It's a really big, big battle to not like be affected or take it to heart when you see stuff online that's just, that just you feel is wrong. And so, yeah, it's one of the reasons I deleted Facebook because I was just seeing too much negative stuff, too much toxicity between people. And I was like, I just, I just yeah. don't want it. Yeah, well, I've definitely learned to be more responsible with like, like Facebook. I only have like people I actually genuinely know and care about. You know, if I'm seeing someone that I don't give a shit about what they're doing with their daughter, like <laughs> I will just like I'll unfriend them, I'll unfollow them, whatever. Um, you know, any sort of groups that I'm in that's negative I'll just delete and I've gotten a lot better with that because then I'm going through my feed and all I'm seeing is just is body positivity people and like inspirational people and people that I find funny you know because you've got to take it into your own hands you know you do have the block button you do have the unfollow button you've got to use it yeah uh 100% I think it's so much better to surround yourself with positive vibes 
Um, and I wish the, everybody could be like, I wish the world could be like that, but unfortunately it's not. So you have to, yeah, as you say, pick and choose your your friends and your battles, really, to help. Yeah, and it, the same goes for real life, you know. If you don't want to be friends with someone because they're dragging you down, just be like, see ya, you don't have to be friends with them. <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. Yeah, I've done that a few times, a few too many times. That's why I don't have that many friends, Aaron. Oh, you don't need that many, <laughs> honestly. It's uh, it's overrated thing when I was when I was younger I always wanted to have like loads of friends and then as soon as I was at early stage in my 20s when I was I was kind of like friends in quotation marks with as many people as I knew uh, I was then finding it really stressful to juggle like somebody wanted me to come out on this day I'd double book with somebody else and then other people were like well why don't you do this with us anymore or chat here and I just thought I just throw myself into hold now so I, I have my I have my select <laughs> close friends and everybody else I'm yeah I'm, I'm friendly with as long, as long as you say like you say they're they're positive and they're not going to bring you down yeah exactly so should we talk a little bit about um the acting then so because we've got obviously a similar experience with that 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 didn't work out for us for various reasons yeah. so like what did you because I know for me it was definitely like that was all I wanted to do when I was younger that was you know, I was in theatre since I was like three. And then obviously having to go back home and sort of quitting, if you like, because of the breakdown, I just mentally wasn't strong enough to like be in that environment and that um, industry. I, I, I know I wasn't, like I'll admit, I'd admit that now. Mm. Um, and it's kind of like when I went home, I don't know about you, but it was like an identity crisis almost because then I was like waitressing and stuff. I was like, how was I living the time of my life? in acting school and then now I'm here being a waitress like I just what am I going to do with my life like what was that experience for you yeah no it, it's almost exactly the same as like, how you say identity crisis uh, kind of thing all I've ever known is my ability to be able to be somebody else and kind of like an act and and that was all I was I suppose good at I never really focused on anything else as a kid so to me it was like I want to be an actor so I'm good at I can make people laugh I can, you know, I can be a character and I can make it believable. What else, if not that, is, am I being put on this earth for? So when I had to come away from it, I thought, what do I do now? Who am I? What am I? <laughs> um, yeah. But I agree with you as well. Like It is a difficult industry. I, I did about a year ago. Uh, unfortunately, now due to COVID, the uh, agency had to close down. Uh, but I was with an agency, acting extra agency, and it, it is a very cutthroat industry especially on the beginning rungs, like if you can't make it to somewhere because it's out of the way, that's it. You get like a kind of like a, a black tick next to your name kind of a thing. It's like un- unreliable. It's like they want you to be there. You want them to be at this time to do this and it's long hours. And unless you're at the level of, say, you know, the Liam Neeson, Brad Pitt, all those kind of people, <laughs> it is very hard work. And if you can't afford to do it as well, like I couldn't go off and do extra bits here, there and everywhere for the pay that it is and for how long hours it is and then support myself and have a place to rent. It's just impossible. So I would have no money. I'd have too much time traveling and travel expenses to be able to do it. So yeah, I, I feel a lot better now that I'm, I, it, maybe it's not my way, the course for my life to go. Uh, but at the time, hundred percent, I was the same as you. I was like, what am I doing now? I'm just here just doing a normal job, nine to five job. Uh, I feel like wasted, <laughs> wasted potential. That makes sense yeah definitely like same for me like that was all I ever knew that I was good at I, I 
I would be cocky about it. Like, I'm a good actress. Like, I know I am. Like, that's it's just like how someone who's an engineer would be like, yeah, I know how to fix that. Yeah. Like, it, just that's a thing, wasn't it? Um, so, yeah, to suddenly not have that is, is so strange. I think it's definitely an underrated situation because I'm sure so many people go through that same thing. But then there's that quote. I don't, I don't know who says it, but it's like, on my way to my dream, I found a better one. Yeah. And it's, I just feel like that's so true. Like, because now I'm, I'm a nurse's assistant and stuff work at the hospital and I absolutely love it. And like, yeah, it's so stressful. I never would have seen myself like nursing at all, but I just absolutely love it. And I know that's like what I'm meant to do. And like this mental health stuff that I'm doing, like the podcast and whatever. And I just think I went through all that so that I could be like the strong person that I am now and help other people. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's amazing to hear. And it's just yourself of, of those kinds of things. And obviously, I didn't come to that by myself. My therapist helped me. <laughs> <laughs> because I felt like I was a failure. Like, you know, but it, it's not. It's it's just life. Yeah, isn't it? that, that thing is what you say about being a failure. It's the expectation you put on yourself, where, um, same with myself, I put so much expectation on myself of making something of myself that when I didn't hit that or anything was slightly less than that. I was a failure outright when I had people. My mum and dad were so proud of me to having gone down to London, just go by myself, or having travelled to Hong Kong and places like that. They said it's something they never would have dreamed of doing when they were younger. But I take it for granted because it wasn't what I had my eyes set on. So even though I'd done all this thing, I've done quite a lot in my life, I, I, I found myself a failure because I didn't hit what I my ultimate goal was, if that makes sense. Yeah, like I was feeling like, oh, do they think that I'm not like a good actress or this, that and the other? And, you know, after having talked to my therapist and that and saying to my mum and dad, like, how I was feeling, they were like, and this was years after I'd been there. And they were like, we never thought you failed. We never saw you. We just felt bad that for what you were going through. And we welcomed you home. Like, we never felt like, oh, she, you know, she, she failed at that. She was stupid for going or anything like that. So it is just the thoughts what you put on yourself. Yeah, no, completely. It's like anxiety or that person's talking about, that person doesn't give a fuck about you. <laughs> Literally, that person has not thought about you. Stop thinking about yeah, yourself. Yeah, exactly. You kind of, you, you do become that person that, that thinks every laugh or chuckle you hear, it's like, are they laughing at me? It's like, it's yeah. because people, these people don't even know you. It's a separate group doing their own thing. Why would they laugh at you? <laughs> so, yeah, no, I completely get I completely get you. It's a weird, I go from two extremes. I have that slight paranoia and anxiety, obviously the anxiety-based depression. But at the same time, I'm very, I'm, I'm thankful that I've got a, a mindset of like, I, I, I go from not then not caring what people think about me. So I go out in the cold weather with shorts and a T-shirt on. Uh, I'm, I'm the guy in the dance floor <laughs> in the club that does the really over-the-top stupid dances. Because it's just funny. It's what it's what I can do, and I don't care what other people say because think of me. Because I kind of learnt now to only care what I think about me or what my closest, like my family, think about me. You know, to kind of keep me keep me keep me grounded. Obviously, I won't do anything extreme and stupid because my mum will be like, "Ah, no, don't be doing that, son." <laughs> so, but no, I am blessed in the sense that now I am I'm a lot less caring of what others around me think. So to, to kind of round it off then, Aaron, what would your advice be to someone who is suffering with anxiety or depression? My best advice would be is 
probably just find somebody to talk to, anybody to talk to. The worst thing you can do is just suffer with it alone, uh, like I did. Um, yes, you may feel like I did that you need to, it's something you need to do by yourself, you stand on your own two feet. But honestly, a little bit of help, even from somebody else, goes a long way and just to keeping you above the line on your worst days. So please just talk to anybody and just don't don't give up. Like I said uh, previously in this podcast, the fact that you're still standing, you're still here, says a lot about you as a person. You're strong enough to beat it. You've just got to carry on pushing. Oh, thank you so much, Aaron. And honestly, like it was so nice to catch up with you. I have to stay in touch. Hundred percent, yeah. Day. It's like, oh, I just remember the good old days of uh, what's it? Issa. I've got the little post-it note somewhere still where it says 2012, 2013, slash 2013, Issa crew. <laughs> it's got all our names written on it when we went to that pub. So yeah, oh, such good times. It's good to catch up with you again. And uh, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to speak on this. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Aaron, for coming on. See you soon. Take care.